Hey you, welcome to Live with Liv, a show where I get real with friends, entrepreneurs, celebs, artists, and just all around cool, down-to-earth humans who do incredible things. This is all a rerun from my Instagram Live, so please excuse any colloquialisms, silly sounds, or verbal mishaps. Listen while cleaning your room, working out, or taking a drive. I can't wait to hear what you think. Hey! Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. Long time no see. Okay, so like, are you reporting from home? How is that working, by the way? Well, it's weird. Since I am game based, you know, I my work is so assignment based, and so when sports stop, my work stops. So it's it's just so bizarre. So yeah, my friends keep asking me, so like, do you have a job? And I'm like, nope, I don't. <laughs> until, <laughs> until sports resume, I really mm -hmm. don't. Um, it's fun. I've been on a ton of podcasts lately and doing stuff like that because I've got all this free time I usually don't. So in that aspect, I've really been enjoying getting to talk to young aspiring broadcasters, a lot of students, um, because everyone's getting so innovative with how they're spending their time see that and to talk to you know kids trying to get in the business right and also I feel like it's such an uplifting time if we can make it that and yep. it's our choice and I know how your energy is and and how into yeah. just like positive thinking you are so I just we get it um <laughs> so <laughs> I understand. Um, yeah. Are you are you reading any like good books? Are you listening to any great music to keep you uplifted? Yes. So I, I've been reading again. It's so fun to just like sit and read a book in the sunshine. It, like little simple pleasures. That, it's rare. Um, it is rare. And it feels so good to sit and do that. Every day I ask Sam, do you want to sit outside and read with me? And he's like, <laughs> no, reading's boring. I'm like, oh, we've got to change that. You've got to like reading with me. Uh, so no, a book I'm reading right now that I'm loving is called The Other Mrs. Kennedy. It's about Ethel Kennedy, Bobby's wife, um, and they had 11 kids, and she so she was a widow of 11 kids. So <clears throat> I'm fascinated with the Kennedys, and I'm fascinated with her fit in them. But um, yeah, ton of ton of uh, books by Ryan Holiday. I like him a lot. Ego is the Enemy, um, The Daily Stoic. So I love trying to have like little things I do every day that get my mind right, um, keep myself feeling inspired and focused and creative and not getting in a rut. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. I just started yeah. listening to, last night I discovered, and then we'll get into this, I promise, but last night I discovered um, that you can listen to like manifesting positive music when you sleep. Wow. And I'm not the kind of person to listen to music when I try to sleep, but it, I have to send it to you because that's like my new thing. Oh, I would love that. I'm anything that helps, you know, create and cultivate this inspiring and, and positive vibe. I am in. I believe in all the kooky stuff. Me too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love with Live Squared and the kooky stuff. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So speaking of the kooky stuff, like your career is a little bit kooky because you know you're so young you've accomplished so much and I want to get into how you started and take us you know right from your college journey really into where you are today yeah I I firmly believe it was right place right time because my first job out of college they just kind of needed a reporter ASAP and it was October of my senior year and I was graduating a semester early so I was graduating 
in a couple months. But, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't even really looking for a job yet. And I was at University of Georgia, which is in Athens, Georgia, about an hour and a half away from Atlanta. And obviously there's so much media and opportunity in Atlanta. And I got a call from Fox Sports South and they were looking for a sideline reporter for the Atlanta Hawks. And I just didn't think I was qualified at all. Now, I, I'm not sharing how hard I worked in college. I worked my butt off. I got amazing opportunities through our athletic department. And I put myself in position to get a bunch of opportunities. Um, like I, I would skip class on every Tuesday to go to the head football coaches press conference every Tuesday because I thought, how, how dumb would I be to miss that when Atlanta media is coming in there? So, um, you know, I, I just, I worked my tail off and it really, really paid off because I just constantly was refining my reel. And that's the biggest thing I always tell kids getting into business is have a kick-ass reel because that is, no one's going to ask for a paper resume. No one cares what you majored in. They want to see your reel. They want to see if you're good. And... Mm -hmm. So I just, I was constantly working on that, um, put it on YouTube. They found it on YouTube and just, I think within Georgia media, I think the executive producer at Fox Sports South had seen my work on our athletic department's website, which was a huge platform for a major SEC football program. And to be a face on that was major for me. So totally big, lucky break. It's kind of unrepeatable. I, everyone who works in this business has a different path. The traditional path is going to local sports, local news, going up to a bigger market, up to a bigger market, hoping the network sees you. Um, and I was at Fox Sports South for one year and then ESPN hired me the next year. And I've been there now five years. That is crazy. You're telling me. I, I keep waking <laughs> up every day, making sure I didn't dream it, so. And I, I mean, I've been following your career, I guess for five years because we connected through Sam yes. and that was my freshman year. So I remember FaceTiming you from when you, we, you watched, we watched each other grow up. I know, look at us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember FaceTiming you from my kitchen um, in a dorm. In like, Madison. In Madison. So wild. So, I mean, so much has changed, but the one thing that has held true, I think, is your vibe and, and your hardworking nature and, like, have, how did you get to that point? You know, I think there are so many people struggling with productivity. Like, is there something that you tell yourself every day? Were you born with it? Was it Maybelline? <laughs> so funny. Um, uh, okay, let me make sure I don't butcher this quote because this is kind of my mantra. You have to be humble enough to prepare, but confident enough to pull it off. So I feel huh. like just never be above the work, never be too comfortable, never, you know, assume anything and never just rely on your instincts. I'm a big believer in uh, being prepared. And that comes from my dad. He always, he said, you know, there's going to come a time, and, and even when I was young in the business, you're not going to be the youngest person in the room. You're never going to be, you know, the, the smartest, the prettiest, the thinnest, the whatever, the whatever. This is just something he told us as kids all the time. But you can be the most prepared, and you can be the hardest working. You know, no one can beat you there if you don't want to be beat there. So I think that's where I've always hung my hat is, is 
I'm not going to be the best reporter. I'm not going to be the best interviewer. I'm not going to be the, the fastest, the most connected, the, the whatever it is, but I can be the most prepared. So that, that was really, really major for me. And I think paid off quickly because I just felt like there's nothing they were going to catch me on. I wasn't going to slip. I wasn't going to be, you know, um, sort of exposed, you know, if you work mm -hmm. hard. I love that. And that's a yeah. great quote. So speaking of not being prepared, that's one thing. But what about failure in and of itself? You know, like, I'm sure there have been times where you've been feeling like knocked down or something happened. Can you walk us through that and how you got over it? I think the funny thing is, it always looks just in general, things always look better from the outside. I think there mm. are plenty of times and my husband will tell you this that I just I'll just call him crying because I think, um, and I don't think this is a male or female thing. I think this is a putting on such a brave face and being so tough and being so stalwart. And then the second, that one thing, whatever it is, pushes you over the edge and you just crumble. And I, I feel like for me about twice a year, I have like a nice major breakdown, like sitting on an airport floor, crying, calling my husband. Um, so it's, it's always something like that. And um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm, I'm thick skinned and I can, I can take a lot until I can't. And just mm -hmm. like, like all of us. And um, you know, it's funny. It can be the, the simplest thing that just knocks you down sometimes. And, um, and also I think there's a certain paranoia that comes with being very young in my profession. Cause there are certainly people in the business um, who probably don't think I belong here or that I deserve it or that I deserve to be here so early. And, um, you know, sometimes you hear that or you can just feel that. And I think there are a lot of times I feel like, are they right? Do I deserve to be here so early? And, you know, I, I've, I've experienced unprecedented ascent. Like, like no one has gotten to the network at 22 years old. And um, I think that makes me extra scrappy and fierce because I so want to hold on to that and prove that I earned it. And they didn't hire me as a mistake. And whether I switch networks throughout my career, which inevitably happens, people usually work for all of them by the time they're all <laughs> said and done. And, um, but, but just to, to be doing what you love at the highest level is something that is not lost on me. That's incredible. And I mean, it is tough and being young and female and, you know, everything else in between can definitely have its benefits, but also the disadvantages. So what, what do you tell yourself when you're up against or next to someone who may have more experience or someone who's older or someone of a different gender or whatever, you know, the odds may be stacked in their favor. Is there something that you live by that you, you know, just remind yourself of, or is it just, you know, you're determined and you're prepared. So that's really the answer. Well, I think if it's someone I respect and aspire to be like, I, I just kind of think success leaves footprints. Mm -hmm. So absorb everything they've got. Um, you know, don't be, um, don't be too proud to ask questions. I, I feel like I'm constantly asking questions and making sure I'm, I'm aware and learning. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There, there, there are definitely things to take away from the people you look up to. Um, and it's funny when 
I'll, I'll never forget my first year at the ESPN and I walk in, we have a big college football seminar every year and I walk in and I see Samantha Ponder and Holly Rowe and Maria Taylor and Allison Williams. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was watching these people on TV and now, you know, not in my eyes, but on paper, just with our job description, we're peers. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a funny thing when you do feel like you have stuff you want to learn from people and still absorb so much stuff and still kind of fan out a little bit, but yet you're in the same room as them for a reason. <laughs> right. And so I think feels stuff like that, uh, sometimes that kind of hits me over the head. That's incredible. And speaking of inspiration and, and how you deal with that, you know, your dad is a major journalist himself. So how have you always wanted to be, you know, a reporter? And has he inspired you in any way? I know you guys actually broke a record for reporting together, which is crazy. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, we we made history as the first father daughter duo to ever call a national NFL game, which uh, is wild. There have been a couple of father sons to do it. Um, and to call national games in general, but never father daughter. So it's funny, it's, you know, I, I hope one day I have a child in the business and then we're the first third generation to do it. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason why, you know, anything can be done. I, I, don't right. think, I don't think when I was born, my dad necessarily thought when he's holding me that I'd be on the sideline doing a game with him. So um, that's inspiring to me. But oh my gosh, my dad has left me with so many pearls of wisdom and, and continues to do so. Um, he watches all of my games and he texts me truly after every hit, like loved your voice here. Great information on the quarterback's shoulder. Uh, great, great pacing. He's all about like voice and delivery. So he's, he's more concerned with that, but um, you know, to have that support system, it's like a coach. And I always explain that to Sam, my husband, I'm like, I, I feel like, you know, your dad was your coach in high school. My dad's my coach. And that's something mm -hmm that you know you're constantly critiquing yourself and working on and and trying to get better and to have someone who's so invested as your parent it's just incredible i mean you guys have a family business too we're not unlike in that way so it's it's um there's a certain level of pride that kind of comes with that that you just don't want to be the one to screw it up you know it's such a <laughs> legacy i don't want to mess up his legacy Right. <laughs> the, just to add on to the little pressure yeah. really got going. Yeah, okay. no, big no big deal. It's fine. And so, you know, what is it like being on air? Like, walk us through that. Or do you get nervous because there is pressure? Like, how do you process that? Do you ever shake? Do you like, have you ever messed up? Have I ever messed up? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Times a million. Like, oh my gosh. Like all of us. I mean, I, I so enjoy being on TV, I, I get such a rush when that red light on the camera comes on that that's never phased me. I think when I talk to a lot of people in my business, they always, we, we laugh, you forget you're on TV. And it's funny when I watch one of my coworkers on another game, you know, if I have like a noon kickoff and I'm flying out that night and I'm at the airport having dinner and a beer at the airport before I catch my flight and another ESPN game's on, and I see one of my coworkers, I like get nervous for them. I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so scary. I'm like, I just did that earlier this day. So no, it's, um, I think you forget you're on TV. I, I, you really do. Um, and anytime I've, I've seen myself, cause sometimes they'll play games back or whatever. Um, 
especially after a basketball game that night, they'll replay the post-game interviews. And I'll be sitting at a restaurant having dinner with my crew, and we'll look up and, you know, they're just showing the post-game interview, which is just me and whoever I'm talking to. And I get like very uh, embarrassed. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, no one look at me. Because um, you just, it's odd to see yourself on TV, especially when it was just, you know, an hour before. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the thing I always keep in mind, and I guess this would be my advice to anyone who's doing public speaking or any type of TV work or on camera work, is truly picture for me, it's my parents. I'm always broadcasting to my parents. My dad, who for other reasons is so uh, my mentor, but my mom, who just has amazing taste and style and kind of like her own swagger. And um, it's just funny. I just, I, I like broadcasted those two in particular, and I always picture them on the other end of the camera. Um, so it's, I, I guess I forget that America's watching too. <laughs> I love that. And that's yeah. such great advice because, you know, even on Instagram to people who are just afraid to pitch their business or to, right, right. you know, just put your face on social. I always picture talking to my parents. Really? Always. That's so funny. Because you know what? You're holding yourself to a standard of mannerisms, yeah. of, you know, providing value and being professional and kind and and articulate and I think also now is such a sensitive time right you know sure. in the past there were reporters who would say one thing or crack a joke and it wouldn't matter but yeah. now you know you have to be careful with everything that comes out of your mouth right are and you ever kind of on that yeah. note I've heard a, a funny rule of thumb for what to post on social media I've heard people say uh, if you'd be, if you'd be comfortable with your grandma seeing it, it's okay. And so it's, <laughs> it's kind of a similar thing. You just think of your parents as being that moral compass. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly not like you're going to say anything bad on TV, but just, just for the way you're kind of carrying yourself. Right. Your parents are a good kind of gauge. <laughs> right. Yeah. And kudos to thanks to the parents. Shout out to them. Yeah. We Woo. love you all. <laughs> and so, you know, going off of parent, parents and, and the people who you look up to, you know, have you ever interviewed someone who you just freaked out over? Have you ever had one of those moments? Or do you feel like you've had the worst interview of your life? Like, what, uh, what's your gauge? Because I know your parents are a gauge, but what's your personal compass? Well, you know, I, I think whether it's an interview question um, which sometimes they can be kind of tough and put the coach in a tough position. Um, if you fully believe in the integrity of the question and why you're asking it and why the viewers deserve an answer, then go for it. But that does not mean it's comfortable or okay. So I think that's my gauge of that. Cause we always say we do not work for the school. We do not work for the coach. We work for the viewer. So if it's, wow. if it's to get something for the viewer, I'll do it. Um, same thing with a report during a game. I, I know there are times you hear players argue or, or coaches yell at players or vice versa. And sometimes that is a major storyline in that game. If there's, if there's an issue and it's because your star quarterback is um, ripping his offensive lineup and, and they're getting in a fight, that's worth reporting if that's been an issue. If, his, if the quarterback's coverage has been poor, maybe explain why and he's mad at his offensive line, whatever. But if it's a huge blowout of a game, not a major well-known player that like people in general are curious about, 
um, you know, a bunch of other things. If it's not worth it, don't throw anyone under the bus, you know, kind of that's, that's a point of integrity as well. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like just making sure you 100% stand behind whatever you're going to report or ask is, is the biggest thing. So that if later a player, you know, heard that you said that and, and, or if a coach, I know coaches have called ESPN before, not with me, luckily, but it, with other people and, and said, you know, so-and-so reported my player said this and that's not okay. We're not comfortable with that. And then they'll call that person and they'll say, it's what I heard. It's factual, you know, and of course you're not giving it, uh, the, you're not saying the report word for word, because usually that's not TV appropriate anyways. But um, if you can stand behind what you're reporting, then th that, that's a good reporter. So um, mm -hmm. that was kind of a topsy-turvy way of answering your question. But the one kind of scariest person I've ever interviewed, and I think a lot of people in college football would say this, maybe Nick Saban. He's just such a dominating presence, and um, uh, he's kind of the Greg Popovich of college football. You just <laughs> you just feel like whatever you're going to ask, he's not going to like it. So, um, mm -hmm. like I said, that's kind of been an intimidating interview. I love that. And also, I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that there's this whole stigma that girls don't know what they're talking about when it comes to sports. Sure. And so... I want to know, you know, I know a lot of people explain it like TMZ of sports, you know, you know what one quarterback is doing and he's upset because of his girlfriend, he makes a bad throw, there's so much more behind it. You know, <laughs> how do you explain the the theory of sports, how to understand it? And, you know, do you believe that guys are more versed in and I know your answer is going to be no but do you believe that guys are more versed in sport talk and how can girls get involved well no I think there's there's something valid about that because as little girls rarely are we watching the game with our dads you know more times than not you just kind of are and not by any fault of our parents or anything but just society we just fall in place of what is expected kind of of your gender. So maybe instead of watching football with your dad and uncles, you're cooking, you're baking cookies with your mom and aunts, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's just kind of what happens. Now my family was different in that, that we're just, we all work in sports. We all love sports. It's just kind of what we do. Like our Thanksgiving mm -hmm. dinner talk, my grandpa was the CEO of the Green Bay Packers and my uncle is a sports agent for coaches. So our Thanksgiving table talk is about, you know, the, the front office of the Giants or uh, the Northwestern football coaches salary and contract renegotiations. And that's just where I come from. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think in general, girls, little girls are not around that. Um, most do not play football. A lot of girls play basketball. That's why I think with basketball, there's less of that uh, stay away girls. Whereas in football, I think it's kind of, you still have some people who think really old school and they're like, what do you know? Like you didn't play, you didn't even play like peewee or touch football or flag football or anything, you know, it's, so it's, it's one of those things. There's definitely a stigma. I do just feel like with every year that passes, we get further away from that. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's just such a beautiful thing of this generation. I think in so many ways, things that used to be taboo are no longer taboo. And I just, I credit the women who have come before me who have started knocking down those walls and there's still women who are yet to come after me who are going to have to continue doing so. Amazing. And that's incredible. And that you were more eloquent than I ever could have imagined <laughs> in, 
in that. I know I threw a curveball there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and that's, I think, half the issue is it seems like a curveball, but it so isn't. And mm -hmm. if we just, you know, make your face known and show people that you can do whatever you want. Guys can be in fashion, girls can be in sports, and right. there's no right or wrong. I think that's just solving most of the issue. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I told you we'd only go for 20 minutes and it clearly has not been that way. Thank you so much for holding on there. So one last thing is what's a piece of advice that you would give your younger self and, you know, or a quote that you live by something to lift people up during this time. I'm such a quote queen. I love quotes. I'm very cheesy. Um, Are I, you related? I, I, maybe, but why would they name both of us Olivia? I don't know. <laughs> Are we twins separated? You know, um, I have my twin, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm the triplet. Um, Long off. So I think... I think the one I said earlier is kind of the one that I'm resonating on lately, um, which is the be confident enough to perform, humble enough to prepare. Um, I have so many other quotes. I just can't think of another one right now. But um, I guess just in general advice is, is that kind of, um, it's so much easier to have self-respect and, and to, to perform and to show up and deliver when you've put in the work when you've held the promises you make to yourself, I think that's very major. Um, and that's even in small daily things in your life. If you say you're gonna um, work out for an hour and read for an hour and call your grandma that day, you better do all three of those things to have that kind of uh, self-trust. And it's, it's so minor, but it's building these really good habits that turn out to be really fundamental, productive things as a human. So I'm, I'm big on that, on, on self-respect, self-trust. Um, that all leads to self-worth. So I, I guess that's my advice to, to young kids in whatever business they're going in. Um, if, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're a reporter, or if you just make amazing leather bags, <laughs> then that's, that's a totally another different industry I don't know anything about. <laughs> I just know I love your work. <laughs> my my parents so not me to take credit for and we'll be sending you some more I'll, I'll link you to the site whatever we'll talk after this um Perfect. but you know thank you you know how I feel about you and yeah. I just think what what I think of when it comes to you is like Olivia action Harlan Decker like you really what's cool about you I give you a new middle name is you put in the work and that's what everyone sees and that's what makes you shine and you know everything else is absolutely tremendous but you're right like the quotes are only going to take you so far and the advice will take you so far but you've actually done it and you work hard I've seen your notes before you know post game <laughs> you do your research and yeah. I think you're just such an incredible role model so thank you for coming on live with Liv. That's so sweet I'm so glad I could be on it I can't tell you how much that means to me to hear you say that thank you so much Liv. Absolutely and we will talk soon thank you yep. and thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean I feel so just like zhuzhed up from that I think that Liv is such a great reminder that 
You just have to do it and you have to set your mind to whatever you want to accomplish, whether it be in your personal life or in your career and just go for it. Hold yourself accountable, do the thing, call that person, make that leap and you'll make amazing things happen. Thanks for tuning in to Live with Live. Remember to be kind, be you and take risks. Life is better when you just go for it. See you next time. Liv Schreiber.